Welcome to Wholesome Health for Youth Podcast, where I'm introducing young generations to holistic traditions. I'm Julia Dogorova, your host, and this is episode 14. Welcome to Wholesome Health for Youth Podcast, where I'm introducing young generations to holistic traditions. I'm Julia Dogorova, your host, and this is episode 14. Hi guys, how are you doing? I hope you had a good week. Um, I'll update you guys on my week too, but um, we're getting closer and closer to episode 20, and I think for episode 20, I'm going to do something kind of fun and exciting for the episode. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but it's going to be something fun and exciting and special. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you had a good week. Um, On Monday, me and one of my best friends um, went to go get Indian food. Um, which I've never had and it was so incredibly delicious. I got um, something called butter chicken and garlic naan and let me tell you it was the most incredible thing I've ever tasted in my life. (laughs) The chicken is served on um, like white rice and everything was just so delicious I can't even explain. I really recommend that you guys go try some yourself and it's fairly healthy so that's good. It's not like fast food or anything. Um, the place me and my friend went to was like a small Indian diner almost. Anyways, it was really good. And then on Friday, me and my other friend went too because I wanted to introduce her um, to the food that I was having on Monday. So me and her went, but I tried something different this time. I tried um, paneer tiki masala, I think it was called. So paneer is, um, I used to think it was tofu, but it's not tofu. It's like um, cheese, but they're, like, little cubes, they cut them into little cubes, and it reminds me a lot of, like, like, um, it reminds me a lot of tofu, but it's not, it's, like, a type of cheese, and it's really good. Anyways, on the weekend, me and my friend went to her, um, school homecoming dance, which I talked about last episode, I believe, but anyways, it was a lot of fun, and I had a really good time. Um, I basically didn't know anyone there, but it was nice because I didn't have to worry about, like, judgment or anything like that, I was just, like, hanging out with my friends. Uh, When we got home, we watched some TV. Um, There's this show called Botched, where two plastic surgeons, like, fix people's bad plastic surgery, and they're just really fun to watch, and there's, like, really funny compilations from there. Uh, So we were watching that, and then we watched another show called Say Yes to the Dress, where uh, brides pick out wedding dresses from this one wedding shop. But I ended up sleeping over at her house, and then on Sunday, my mom picked me up and we went to some grocery stores. Um, Oh, and I wanted to tell you guys that I really want to try and make homemade croissants. Like, I want to make them from scratch, and I need a good recipe. So, if you guys know any good croissant recipes, let me know. I want to try one um, with einkorn flour, but if I don't find a good recipe, then I'm just going to use regular flour. I know it's pretty complicated to make them, but I just want to try, like, just for fun, just to see how it goes. I also want to make homemade ravioli or something. I don't know. I've been having a lot of, like, food ideas that I want to make, but... Oh, also, Thanksgiving is coming up, and I'm so, so, so excited. I absolutely love Thanksgiving food, but keep in mind that my family makes Ukrainian food for Thanksgiving. I've never really had, like, an American Thanksgiving and, like, food like American Thanksgiving food. Um, I've had like sweet potato casserole, but not like green bean casserole or stuffing or anything like that. Um, My mom does 
like do stuffing but she actually puts it in the turkey which I've, I've heard from some of my friends that the stuffing that um is made like for american thanksgivings doesn't actually go in this in the turkey which is kind of confusing to me but um the one that my mom makes she makes it with rice and like th thinly sliced cabbage um, and like other vegetables it's almost like a fried rice but it's the stuffing in the turkey and then like it gets really good like all the all the flavors melt together and it's just really delicious um and then there's lots of like side dishes and fun appetizers okay there's this incredible appetizer um it's not ukrainian but we've been making it for a long time uh it's basically a date stuffed with goat cheese and then you wrap it in bacon and then you could just like put a toothpick through it to hold the bacon and keep it around the date um but but also like you then use the toothpick to hold the little date it's like the, it's like a finger food or appetizer and then you just bake it and it's my absolute favorite um it's really good <laughs> um what else oh i also started this new class in school called entrepreneurship and i thought it would be really helpful since i have the podcast and instagram and stuff but i really have not been enjoying the class the teacher is nice but like you can tell that she she isn't invested in the class she doesn't care much um what goes on which makes the class pretty miserable and everyone in the class just sits on their phone the whole time and it's so disrespectful to the teacher it just makes me sad to like watch them and i feel bad for her uh, but thankfully it's my last class of the day so I get to go home after it <laughs> well yeah that's kind of what's been going on i'm waiting for the next school week um and then it's thanksgiving break which is nice i'll only have school from monday and tuesday and then thursday friday and saturday and sunday well and wednesday so wednesday thursday and friday i won't have school um and i'll catch up on some work stuff and stuff like that well yeah anyways that's gonna be it for the update portion of the episode i hope you guys didn't get too bored listening to the things going on in my life um now we're going to talk about this week's simple switch so going along with last week's um wellness simple switch which was cough drops this week's simple switch is a vapor rubs uh vix vapor rub so when i talk about vapor rubs the automatic thought that probably came to your mind is the vix vapor rub um and although it does indeed clear your sinuses, it contains harmful ingredients like camphor, which is so toxic to us. But a good alternative to vape rub is the Golden Star Balm. So ever since I was little, my grandma would bring this um, balm from Ukraine. And when I was searching for, uh, like I was researching for this episode, turns out it's imported from Vietnam, which is cool. And here in America, you could buy it online and walmart even sells it online but it comes in these little red um tins that have um, a golden star on them uh, and when you use it you just simply use a tiny bit you rub it on your chest and on the bottom of your feet and it like cools but heats you at the same time and it's made of all natural ingredients and it clears your sinuses and helps heal um, coughs and stuff but it's also good for your lungs and it could just help any lung problem it's super strong so you really don't need a lot of it and the smell is um like very minty and herby and almost like clovey and spicy but it's so incredibly like powerful and the smell of it brings me back to my childhood but 
it's also just a very great natural medicine. I also heard that it could be used for like headaches and migraines. And nowadays with so many like screens and technology, often people have migraines and headaches. So this is a great option. So yeah, that's the sample switch. Um, now for the actual info for the episode. So the theme for this week is gardening. And I was thinking I would talk about the back to garden, um, or back to Eden gardening technique. So this is one of the first uh, garden techniques that I found um, that really interested me and I really think it's a great idea. So back to Eden gardening is a um, regenerative organic gardening method. I've spoken on the topic of permaculture in past episodes but I spoke in terms of homesteading. Well back to Eden gardening is a type of permaculture too, it's just gardening in permaculture. Um, The idea behind Back to Eden Gardening is that um, with a small amount of work and resources, you can create a garden that provides a large amount of food with not a lot of work. Now I'm going to tell you guys about some um, key characteristics of Back to Eden Gardening. Again, it follows the permaculture principles of working with nature instead of against nature. It uses all natural techniques and stays away from man-made techniques or machinery. Um, and the first main characteristic of the Back to Eden garden is that it's no tilling. So the method used instead of tilling is called the lasagna method <laughs> because it's layered. So basically you layer up cardboard and wood chips and compost on top of your lawn grass and through the course of time it all decomposes and creates fertile soil underneath. But in the meantime you can plant right in the compost you layered on top. So you don't disturb the soil underneath, so there is no environmental issues you're creating. The next characteristic is that there's no weeding. So every inch of soil is covered in some sort of natural mulch, which chokes out any weeds. Um, There's a great great quote that Justin Rhodes made up, and he always says, um, nature is modest and likes to be covered. So (laughs) that's why weeds grow. That's why the forest ground... um, is always covered. Bare soil doesn't stay bare for long. Something comes along and grows or leaves and pine needles fall. The point is, if the soil is covered, weeds won't grow. Um, The weeds won't completely be eliminated, but the roots will be shallower and will be easier and quicker to remove, or they'll just fry from the sun. Um, The thick mulch layer has another benefit. It keeps all the moisture in the soil for a long time, so you don't need to water as often. There's no bare soil, so it's not baking in the sun, and any rain or precipitation gets absorbed into the mulch instead of evaporating or running off. In the Back to Eden Garden, a key element is um, sourcing natural resources locally. So wood chips can be sourced from local tree removal companies and such, but there's even a cool app now that's called Chip Drop where you can put in your location and someone can can come drop off wood chips at your place and a lot of the times you can get it for free. So they're like um, maybe people not far from your house who are cleaning out their backyard maybe of dead trees and they've created these wood chips and now they don't know what to do with it because maybe they don't need them. So they'll co- just come and drop it off at your house which is really cool and this app helps you get in contact with them. So chip drop is a great um, it's a great resource that you could use. Another uh, local material 
is um, manure from local farms or um, leaf litter collected from your neighborhood, etc. All of those things are usually free or very inexpensive. And um, whether it's fertilizer or bug control or weed killer, um, the Back to Eden garden method uses only natural materials. So no chemicals or commercially produced fertilizers, even if it says organic on them. But instead you use compost and manure and no chemically produced uh, pesticides or insecticides, again, even if they're organic. But instead you learn um, and take advantage of companion planting and beneficial insects, such as predatory wasps, ladybugs, and monarch butterflies. Now I just want to talk about how Back to Eden Gardening started. So, it was named after the Biblical Garden of Eden. Um, Paul Gacci, who's an American gardener and a Christian, coined the term. Um, when he was having trouble maintaining his garden at home, he took tricks from nature and woodlands and what he observed, whose soil was always densely covered in leaves, twigs, and other plants that slowly composted and turned the soil rich without any human intervention. Uh, and then later, in 2011, a movie was released called Back to Eden, based on Kachi's garden method and philosophy. So, if you want to start your own Back to Garden, or Back to, I keep calling it Back to Garden, the Back to Eden garden, here's how to start. So, something you should know is that the process is the same, no matter what the size of the plot of land is. But in terms of soil preparation, here's some information. So depending on what you have to begin with, you might have to choke out the existing lawn grass, weeds, or just plants. Although in the Back to Eden method, you mostly use natural materials. Um, layers of newspaper or plain cardboard is something you could use. So you could just use this as a foundation and literally layer it on top of the grass or the weeds where you want your future garden to be. When you're layering, make sure you don't have gaps between the cardboard or newspaper. Um, it's even better to have um, the newspaper or cardboard overlap. Weeds, um, especially, are very persistent, and if there's even a little crack between the pieces, they'll find their way out. Um, they could feel the direction from where the sun is coming from, and that's where they're that's where they'll come up. And um, if it's a windy or breezy day, you could just hose down the newspaper cardboard with water just to keep it down and keep it from flying away. Um, then um, you add, well, part of Back to Eden is that you're constantly adding mulch. It's like an ongoing basis of the Back to Eden garden method. Um, so a good thick layer of compost or manure is what you want. Um, so you put the compost or manure on top of the cardboard. It should be at least like three inches thick. Um, it's a good nitrogen source and you just spread it on the cardboard. Um, this also keeps the cardboard down and chokes out the weeds. Um, you can mulch with straw, lawn clippings, pine noodles, or leaves um, on top of the compost, but all of those things have to be very finely shredded or in small pieces because often they could like clump together and make slimy or moldy um, layers and prevent water from getting through. So you could put that on top of the compost, but be careful to make sure it's fine. And then on top of that, the very last layer 
apart from the plants you will grow, is wood chips. So not black or red mulch you get at Home Depot or Lowe's. I'm talking about real wood chunks that aren't dyed. There's small branches in there, pieces of bark and leaves. Um, you must make sure that the wood chips came from untreated wood though because if the wood has been treated um, it will leach chemicals into your soil and plants and then they won't grow and they'll die. So you don't, you don't want that. Um, the mulch layer should be generous though, so at least five to six inches deep. And after the initial creation of your garden, you just keep adding mulch as time goes on. Um, the wood chips will decompose slowly and add to your soil and then you just add fresh ones on top. Um, the back to Eden garden method is certainly something that attracts a lot of new gardeners because of its resourcefulness and small footprint, footprint but it also has its downsides. So um, the hands-off approach isn't for everyone. <laughs> the first downside is time. Um, building amazing fertile, so fertile soil takes a long time. And if you were to completely leave it up to nature, it could take up to 500 years to create one inch of topsoil. So even if you have okay soil in your backyard, it could take at least one year for the layered material to break down and be ready to produce the most incredible vegetables. I mentioned earlier that technically you don't need to water your back to Eden garden, but that's only if you live in an area that gets sufficient rain. And even if you live in a place that has frequent and abundant rainfall, it doesn't always rain when you need it. For example, when you plant seeds, you need water for them to germinate and they need constant moisture. But if the rain is too heavy, they'll be washed away momentarily. Or if you have um, like seedlings um, and there's heavy rainfall, the plants will be suffocated with water. But then on the other hand, if it's too dry, they will just fry to a crisp. So... <laughs> In neither situations can you save the tender little plant babies. Also, the Back to Eden garden doesn't allow for fertilizers, even if they're organic. Instead, you use compost, compost, manure, and organic materials. But those don't always add everything necessary to your soil. To successfully grow your own food, um, garden soil needs to have a specific um, nutrient content, and that's that can only be determined with a soil test. And it also depends on where you live. Um, you might need to add some fertilizer to replenish the soil in a timely manner. Um, and sometimes your plant needs a certain amenity as soon as possible, and maybe compost just won't cut it. Um, if you decide to start um, the Back to Eden garden, you can selectively incorporate its parts to your own method. Um, kind of personalize it and see what works best for you. Okay, that's going to be it for the Back to Eden Garden Method. Now I want to talk about um, different types of soil and what plants grow best in what. So it may seem like what the type of soil is that you have doesn't matter, but it really does actually. Soil provides plants with all of the vital nutrients, air, and water that they need to grow and flourish. Soil is like our diets. So if you eat food that's unhealthy, you won't be healthy. Plants are the same. If you if your plants don't grow in the right soil, they won't be healthy. The soil in your garden bed is what keeps your plants alive. Uh, personally, I have um, raised garden beds and what I have noticed is that amenities and nutrients wash out of the soil pretty quickly. So since there's that wood that is the frame of the garden bed, water tends to seep out and the rain washes stuff 
right through. So I spend a lot of time trying to grow and care for wonderful plants um, when I was ignoring the soil and not cultivating it so the plants couldn't thrive. Um, there's so many different types of soil and depending on what type you have, some plants grow better and some grow worse. So soil varies by region and even property by property. And with time and patience, you can actually completely change your type of soil, especially if you grow in containers. Um, in containers, you can completely personalize the soil. Um, so there's six main types of soil. There's loamy, chalky, peaty, silty, sandy, and clay. Each has different properties that will help you grow plants um, in your garden to their full potential. So the first type of soil is called loamy soil. It's like a mixture of uh, clay, silt, and sand, and when you hold it in your hand, it has like a pretty fine texture. It might also feel almost moist or damp. So loamy soil is ideal for many gardens. It's easily cultivated and light enough for roots to spread pretty easily. Um, the next soil type is clay. It's super sticky when wet and rock hard when dry. Um, think about it in terms of pottery. So when you're using clay to create pottery, you wet it to mold it and then it dries to a very hard substance. So it has smaller pores between particles so the water doesn't drain properly. Um, we have clay soil here at home and even though our backyard has slants where water could run off, the water collects and it creates little ponds everywhere. It's kind of frustrating. It's also so hard to dig in, um, especially because there's so many rocks in our clay soil where we live. There's two quarries like pretty close to my house, like to the point where um, sometimes you could hear like the house rattles because they will blast TNT in the in the quarry to like break up the rocks and it shakes my house. That's how close the quarry is to my house. And there's two of them. Um, because our soil is so rocky, uh, we can't even dig through it. Like I can't get a shovel through the ground. But 15 minutes away where I work, it's super easy to dig. They do have clay soil, but it's not rocky clay soil. So that's just, that just shows like how in pretty small distances you can get completely different types of soil. So clay soil can be the hardest to grow in and the more clay there is in the soil, the harder it is for anything to grow and for roots to penetrate. It's also hard to dig in, as I said earlier, and it's slow to warm in the spring, so you can't plant as early. But on the plus side, it's very high nutrients, so once you can loosen up the soil and cultivate it with lots of hard work, you'll get good soil. Next is sandy soil. So sandy soil is mostly sand particles and it's pretty gritty. Um, because sand doesn't absorb water, there's lots of space created between uh, the particles for water to move through, making it drain faster and easier. On one hand, that's good. There won't be mud and like standing water. But on the other hand, it's bad because the water washes away the nutrients and it just washes away quickly but it doesn't get compacted, the soil, so plants um, that like loose soil grow well, like carrots and other root vegetables. Speaking of root vegetables, listen to last week's episode to learn about healing roots and herbalism, and then the week before, I did an episode on the benefits of roots in our diet for the nutrition episode, so give those two a listen. Anyways, <laughs> sandy soil can be challenging to grow 
to grow in with its low levels of nutrients and low moisture retention, but it's a lot easier to improve and cultivate compared to clay soil. Um, next is silty soil. So silt is between sand and clay, and it's mostly composed of quartz. It feels like silky flour when dry, and when wet, it's like loose and um, it's like loose sand, kind of, making it prone to erosion. Silty soil is counted as super fertile, but roots need to hold it down to prevent it, it all from washing and eroding away. I'm sorry, if you could hear my stomach rumbling, I'm really hungry. I just heard it. I hope it doesn't come up in the mic. Anyways, um, silty soil can be um, compacted easily. Okay, chalk soil is the next one, and its main components are chalk. And limestone so it's grainier and stonier than other soils and since the particles are bigger it grain it drains well but it doesn't keep any moisture so clay soil also breaks down uh, organic matter much faster so it's hard to keep the soil fertile compost helps though compost helps everything <laughs> Um, like clay soil, chalk soil gets really sticky when wet and unworkable, but you can start to cultivate it earlier than clay soil. It is also alkaline, so acid-loving plants don't really grow well in it. And the sixth type of soil is peat. So sometimes you could see at the hardware store like uh, bags of peat moss and stuff like that, but peat is the opposite of chalk. It's super acidic. Organic matter has a hard time breaking down in it, so it creates peat. It feels spongy and it's full of air, but it doesn't absorb the nutrients from the broken down organic matter. Also, since it's like a sponge, it absorbs lots of water for long periods of time, but it's most common in places that get a lot of rainfall, making water flood in areas and it drowns plant roots and kills them. And that's pretty terrible but so the best type of soil to have um is not not chalky or or sandy um it's better to have loamy soil is what i've learned um and it's a blessing if you have loamy soil because i don't i have clay soil and it's terrible <laughs> but yeah um those are all the different types of soils. There's, of course, combinations of soils, um, and with some compost and mulch, you can transform your soil in no time. Well, actually, not in no time. It kind of takes a long time, but you just have to be patient. It also depends on what you're starting with, but that's going to be it for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed and learned some things about the Back to Eden Garden and then the main um, different types of soil. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Wholesome Health for Youth. And see you next week with a homesteading episode. Bye, guys!